Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, dum-dums? It's hard to believe, but football is almost back. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity because who doesn't like making money? If you want to get into the action with a trusted company that's been around for years, MyBookie is the place for you. It's easy, no hassle, mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport imaginable. MyBookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. I'm too messed up talking about it. If you deposit today with MyBookie, they will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. If you put in $100, they will give you $50 for free. That's almost half. So go to MyBookie and sign up today with the promo code ARMCHAIR. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Tigers trying to turn up the tempo on second and five with a 40. Bryant with the time. The pass is caught. And a touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the back. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is the Mississippi State Lawyer for Infractions at the NCAA, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And uh, not to my right, as usual, is uh, Caleb Bungark. Colin, you explained to me Caleb could not make it this evening for he some reason. He could not, and uh, well, we know that Caleb just had a baby. Yeah. And so he's going to be tied His wife out. did. Let's give her a little credit. Yeah, she had a baby. He squeezed it out of a much smaller hole, though. That's true. Mm. That is that's science, Brennan. We're mm-hmm. not going to argue science here mm-hmm. today. True, but I will say this: the baby is not what kept Caleb from being on the show tonight. No, what would it be? Golf. <laughs> so, as, as proud as we are as his wife for having a baby, and, and as proud as I am for Caleb squeezing into that small hole mm-hmm. at conception. Yeah, golf is what kept Caleb from being with us today. Sure. Well, his priorities are always squarely aligned. <laughs> Um, and you know, it is interesting because, uh, it's not quite football season yet. So I'm going to give him a pass for not being entirely vested. Well, and I think we can give him a pass because this is like the second time he's missed ever. <laughs> and Brian Goers literally, literally used to miss half the season. Oh, more than half. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think if you put together all the Brian Goers episodes, you could put them in a shot glass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, we'll be doing this without Caleb tonight. And uh, it's exciting because there is actual college football going on. We left the Florida Miami game to record this. It was half time and uh, Miami was beating Florida and Florida did not look impressive and lo and behold Colin you had said something about Felipe Franks before the season started well I just said that Florida didn't have a 
doesn't ever have a seem to have a quarterback, at least not mm-hmm. since Tim Tebow. And uh, Felipe Franks, in my opinion, is absolutely fits that um, statement because mm-hmm. uh, he is a bad quarterback, and he's been proving that so far in the first half. I think you can see what Dan Mullen likes in him because he is, like they said, 240 pounds, and when mm-hmm. he does get chugging along, he it's hard know, to bring down. There were, I think, three for three on fourth and one situations in that game yep. in the first half, and and were successful, you know, mm-hmm. and. But he just is, I don't know, like he had. Bad hands. Bad hands, yeah. He, he, I, 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 here's where it was in the first half of that. This is a Mizzou podcast, by the way, but there is Florida football <laughs> going on. So anyway, I was watching that first half and I thought, well, you know what? Felipe Franks looks a lot more confident. He looks a lot more self-assured. And no sooner did that rattle through my brain than he just muffs a fucking handoff, drops for a fumble. Yep. Miami takes over and scores sure. on it. So, so he's, he's carrying on that, uh, at least. Recent history of proud quarter, Florida quarterback play. Yeah, well, I'm happy to see it if it continues around yeah. midseason time whenever they see the Missouri Tigers. Yeah, let's talk about those Missouri Tigers. Shall it's we? about time we did. We are one week from football at Wyoming because we are starting our season on the road. Never good against Wyoming, a non-power five school. Not good. I think their stadium holds twenty nine thousand. Tops. And it's literally on top of a mountaintop. 7,000 feet above sea level. <laughs> and that is not an exaggeration. I mean, uh, Barry Odom's gone on radio talking about how they've had to prepare for the altitude. I mean, that's no joke. 7,000 feet above sea level. I mean, you just have to work harder, I guess, train harder. I don't know. What the fuck do you do? I'm sure there's things. Mm. We're not scientists or doctors or smart people in general. No, no, we're not. We're not so I'm things. sure there are things. I mean, I don't know if they just... Maybe they can take oxygen tablets in the same way that some people take dong pills. <laughs> sure. But, well, they'll have, I'm sure they'll have the oxygen on the sidelines. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it does, it is one of those things you don't want to start on the road. There, it's, there's always some danger in playing a non-power five team that you can really show your ass and not yep. take it serious. And then add on to that, you're going to be playing in basically not air. It's a weird thing. We played Wyoming last year at home early. We had no real problem with Wyoming. This whole thing is a the reason it even exists, the reason we are going to Wyoming, and this is the thing about, you know, we're in our sixth, seventh year, I think, of the, being in the SEC. Oh, it was eight. Maybe it is going into the eighth season. <laughs> yeah. This 2012 yes, was the yes. first year. Going into yeah. the eighth season. Sure. So anyway, we're still having schedule repercussions from the move. This was when Dave Christensen, who had been an assistant coach under Gary Pinkle, took over as head coach at Wyoming. He's long since been ousted at Wyoming. So we have no connection to Wyoming anymore, but because these schedules are put together so far in advance, off we go to the hinterlands of Laramie, Wyoming, where nothing good has ever happened. (laughs) To uh, Although I hear it's close to Denver. I mean, I guess that's how you get there. You go to Denver, take a drive north to Laramie, Mm -hmm. and um, watch Mizzou football in a very small, boring stadium. Sure. But yeah, the risks are great when you're on the road, when you're playing an opponent you're expected to win. I think the big question for me is how many minutes will we see Kelly Bryant get in that game? My, my thought is, is once the game is in hand, everybody comes out. That will the game out. be in hand? Missouri is known for playing down to the competition yeah, yeah. and being on the road. They could do that. It's early. I mean, the early games, I don't like to bet on early games, frankly, because uh, Caleb might slap my hand for saying that, but you don't know what a team is going to look like. Some, mm-hmm. I, I mean, last year was a, I don't know if last year was an exception. Last year had improved. The three years of Barry Odom, we started out the first couple games of those year one of Barry Odom era and year two of Barry Odom era looking completely befuddled, like we'd never seen a football before, and it took three games before we got it together. Mm-hmm. Last year we looked a lot better early. Will that continue? In year four, I hope so. But if not, we could see more of Kelly Bryant than we want to out there. I would uh, say that uh, 
with Kelly Bryant, and you know what gives me as much confidence as anything is our offensive line is is big and experienced, and uh, I think they're going to play well. And it's hard to play a really bad game if your offensive line is doing their job. You know, whether you're running the ball or passing the ball, if you've got time in the pocket, if you're they're opening holes on offense for running backs, you know, offensive lines are one of just so important to setting the tempo of your game and, and executing your game plan. And I think Mizzou's is going to be good this year. I think they're going to be a strength. And uh, that's what, especially against a team like Wyoming, I feel like those things really rear their head because our line is probably going to outweigh their line by 25 mm-hmm. pounds a, a, a man. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. we're just physically should be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. And, uh, so we're really going to have to shit the bed to not <laughs> to not win this game, in my opinion. Because of the offensive line advantage and, frankly, the... Um, Athlete advantage. Well, I was going to say the altitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I'm predicting that Derek Dooley, that at least this first week, we're going to see a lot more of Kelly Bryant's arm than we are throughout most of the season. I mean, obviously, we know Kelly Bryant can run, but I think he wants to prove himself as a quarterback. And I think this is an ideal opportunity to, A, cut the teeth on some of his wide receivers who mm-hmm. are young and also show off his arm talent and put some fear into SEC opponents down the road. Well, if I he doubt can be he wants successful. to risk running them too much against Wyoming either. I mean, you know, add that to the reasons he's going to throw a lot. One, one of those, I mean, one of those things just based on hearing what I'm hearing about camp is that, you know, Kelly Bryant is a good quarterback and nobody else on the roster is close. You know, by all accounts, the, uh, the quarterback core, um, behind Kelly Bryant has not had a great camp. He's quickly becoming very important. Yeah. You know, I think always was, but yeah, I but mean, with no I just, safety net. Yeah, people are. I think people are really feeling nervous about. I mean, not that these quarterbacks behind him are bad. It's just that they're not ready. And so, if Kelly Bryant got hurt running the ball against Wyoming, it would be a a, a bitter disappointment for Mizzou fans. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think it would also be. We've heard a lot about how Barry Odom is trying to return the whole D line zoo attitude back to uh, yeah, the just, defense you just this year. Another guy. He's got like four of them coming in now. Mm-hmm. And had one come and go for Mississippi, like in mm-hmm. the course of a week. But I mean, I think we're we're trying to get to the quarterback more because we did not do that much at all. No. I mean, that was a big point of last year's team, even though they were a winning team uh, and got to a bowl. We did not ever sack the quarterback. Two things from last year that I would love to see improve and need to improve. One, pressure on the quarterback, and two, special teams. We had no special teams return game at yeah. all. We ter- always started with terrible field position. There was punt returns and kick returns were garbage. Yeah. If you could sack, get a few sacks and, you know, get some decent starting field position, boy, wouldn't that be nice? Well, I'm really eager to see what the defensive line can do against a Wyoming team that has a freshman quarterback. This is not Josh Allen's team anymore. They should be able to really create some chaos and havoc in yeah, Wyoming's offensive line. I think they're going to be intimidated by that uh, famous Laramie, Wyoming, 12th man. <laughs> yeah, sure. All 29,000 of them. Well, well, let's I, be honest. I was going to say, mm, I think it's going to be a heavy Mizzou crowd at this thing. <laughs> I really do. I think a lot of people are going to travel out there. Yeah, they're excited about it. It's a beautiful uh, part of the world. And uh, mm. Kelly Bryant is our shiny brand new toy. And really, we have not seen anything of him. No. I mean, the practice spring game, we have not seen him do anything yet in a Mizzou uniform. So it's going to be, you're going to get a big, juicy dong mm-hmm. erection, hard adjectives <laughs> when you see this guy play. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be exciting to finally I'm excited. get to I'm watch I'm too that. messing as we talk about yeah. it. I'll be honest with you. How scary you can see that. What, what happened to that erection whenever early into camp, whenever he had, had a little injury and had to sit out for a day or three? Uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was flaccid. 
Mm-hmm. And Alberto, Albert maybe it's super flaccid. I still haven't heard anything definitive. Like I, I, all I've heard is like, yeah, Albert's doing fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. But you know what? I heard that about a certain uh, Porter brother for a long time yeah. too. Like I want to see that guy starting against Wyoming, and that is when I will stop worrying about Alberto. Yeah, you can't believe what anybody says about injured reports. Just like you can't believe anything about recruits until they sign on the dotted line. Hey, Brendan, you, you know what? Got- uh, Michael Porter Jr. You know, only played two minutes in that first game, but you know what? He he tweaked his hip. Yeah, at first. And, you know, they, he might not play against Wagner in the following game, but then he'll come back at full strength, is what they're saying. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll take that to the bank. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold out. I'm going to hold my breath on, uh, on, uh, old Alberto. Uh, God, he's just amazing. And I, if he's hurt, if he, if he, this is fragile as a Porter brother, I will be just sorely disappointed. Speaking of the Albertos of the world, how heavy do you think we're going to use these tight ends this year? I mean, I feel like we always complain about underutilized tight ends. What, what is that uh, converted lineman that made tight end Parker? Uh, I know I uh, I was listening to the podcast that Tribune does, and they yeah. were they were saying he he's looked good. Yeah. Though I mean, everybody does in shorts and shells. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah, apparently there was a typo at one point where they put him, like they said that he was not going to play tight end anymore, and everybody was freaking out. I'm like, he looks so good at tight end because yeah. he was converted. Was really great. Yeah, yeah. so uh, they're like, oh, no, that was a typo. He's he's still tight end. The other thing I've read a lot of is that uh, the secondary this year may be a strength for us, which mm-hmm. is shocking news. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, that is. I, I tweeted that out the other day. I'm like, I, I've, I'm hearing that the secondary is going to be gr- – I'm not going to say great. The secondary is going to be a strength on this team. And uh, that that I'm going to need to see to believe. Yeah, not going to take their word for it on that. When you do have a team that has a strong secondary, it's so much easier to watch football, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, whenever they pass and you have well, some I don't confidence, think they fuck how good your secondary is. If we get no pressure on the quarterback, it will not matter. No one yeah. can cover for six seconds. And I think Barry Odom knows that. I mean, they, I would he, hope so. He's a defensive coach. <laughs> I know that, and I don't play football or coach football. That's true. So, uh, you want to give me a Wyoming prediction, Colin? What do you think you're going to do? Mizzou forty-five, Wyoming seventeen. Okay, that's close to what I was going to say. I'm going to I'm going to say 38 because here's what I think is going to happen. I think we'll get out to a solid lead. We'll pull out Kelly Bryant. The scoring will kind of sputter. Hmm, so I think we're going to be 34 and 19. I'll tell you what I'm excited about is too is um, is uh, Tyler Beatty. I mean, Roundtree's a stud, and we know that. But yeah. Beatty has just got – he is fast. And there's yeah. some, there's an electricity in his game that is – This is the type of game where he could break out a long one. Yeah, well, not just break out a long one. He could really show this season. There's no Crockett in his way now. Um, he's going to be one of the feature backs. We're going to see a lot of him, and I think that uh, – I don't know. I've got high hopes for him. I just, every time I watch him play, I'm just like, that guy's moving faster than everybody else. Colin, you know what I'd like to do this season on the podcast that we haven't done in years past? What's that? Well, you know how we always have our Mazoskers, our end mm-hmm. uh, of show where we uh, have our awards and sort of jerk yeah, each yeah, other yeah, off. Yeah. I'd like to say things intentionally as predictions <laughs> that uh, if they come to pass, we mm-hmm. can cut them out and, yeah. and remind everybody and it yeah. sound like we're really, really smart. Like, sure. Beatty's going to break off a really long run for a touchdown versus Wyoming. See, that's in the air right now. And they so, won't remember us saying it in the first no, episode. No, but, but next week, Oscars. yeah, whenever we do the next show and Beatty breaks off a fucking 74-yard run, we'll be like, hey, listen to what we said last week. Beatty will break off a long run for a touch. Say stuff like that. We'll just never play again the ones we get wrong, which will be most of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, the ones that we do get right, like I said, we'll, we'll sound like geniuses. As long like as we don't... Out loud. Into, into microphones probably kind of spoils the it a bit. The important part is that we don't record this conversation we're having right now <laughs> and air it. Yeah, let's, Brennan, 
note, cut this part of the show out. Okay. We will definitely won't leave. Don't note we, yourself. We don't leave this in. No, we will not. We certainly don't want the listeners to no, hear this we'll and know what fucking out. frauds we are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't want that. Yeah. So, uh, Spe- hey, speaking of frauds, NCAA stuff happened again this week. Not related to Missouri directly, but very indirectly related to Missouri. Mississippi State was hit with infractions. They were uh, essentially see. the same problem, like a, a tutor breaking the rules, right? A rogue tutor breaking the rules. The only difference is uh, Mississippi State's current roster of players were involved. Of course, Mizzou's players are all gone. It's mm. from years ago. Yeah. So uh, you you think, oh, Mississippi's going to state's going to get hit harder, right? I mean, I mean, they hit Missouri, and this is current players. They're definitely going to hit Mississippi State harder. No, you'd be wrong. Uh, Mississippi State got zero bowl ban like Missouri did. It's almost. I mean. The NCAA almost has to do this intentionally. And I'm not just talking about Missouri. They are so wildly inconsistent with the way that they do things. They've got to know they're going to take a drumming for they, this sort of thing. Well, see, here's the thing. There is no repercussions. No, There's zero. no policing the police. There's no yeah. way to fix right or wrong. And what they do is they hide behind their bullshit legalese excuses. They have this matrix of of infractions and they mm-hmm. sort of make a, an Excel spreadsheet of where yeah. you fit into it. And what they're essentially trying to do is create a science out of something that isn't a science. It's completely mm-hmm. not objective. Yeah. It's not objective in any way, but they're trying to shoehorn it in to make it that way. And so what they've said basically is why Mizzou got it rougher is that they, even though Missouri cooperated, they didn't come forward early enough to say something was wrong. This Kumar girl, was the first person to come forward. Thus, they gave Mississippi State a slightly easier road on this infractions thing, and they basically let Mississippi State have a plea bargain, which, mm-hmm. lo and behold, benefited them somehow, Yeah, and didn't allow Missouri to do that. And thus, Missouri's stuck in this stupid matrix. And, and it doesn't matter that Mississippi State got it easier. It doesn't matter. Any, none of it matters. Also, in the Mississippi State thing, they specifically wrote, this does not serve as a precedent for any other cases, which if you ask me, that is glowing letters saying, fuck you, Missouri, you're going to lose your appeal. Yeah. It, that, that's just, mark this down right now. We're losing the appeal based on what happened with Mississippi State. Some people see goodness at from it. No, that's not, we're not going to get Mississippi State's thing. They're going to have some arcane bullshit reason trying yeah. to make it sure it's like it's science, but it's yeah. not science. It's completely discretionary to fuck Mizzou up the ass. Gosh. And that's what's going to happen. It's one of these things that I w- it makes me wish I was a billionaire. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's the reason, huh? That's well, the one reason. This is the well. It's all going to tie in. I, I want to have enough money to crush people. Yeah, who doesn't? And like, so the guy whoever runs the NCAA is probably a wealthy person. Yeah. So that's why I say billionaire because I want to be wealthy enough to crush millionaires. Yeah. And so basically, my uh, motivation for being a billionaire mostly would not be boats or cars or houses. It would be spite. Sure, sure. So, um, I, this, this is the sort of those situations where if they do, um, you know, fuck us over in the appeals process, I, I want to be able to crush everyone involved in that process. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I want to be able to buy every, you know, buy them out, you know, just whatever they love, destroy it. Yeah. You know, with my billions of dollars. But I'm not a billionaire, so guys, I can't crush our enemies. My, I, I mean, I am conceding. I know that we're not going to win the appeal, so we're going to not have a bowl game. I want us to fucking go 12-0. and 0, Yeah. 11-0, 12-0, and put the NCAA in a big fucking spotlight. Yeah. I mean, nothing, it would be very, very bad for the NCAA if we were potential title contenders, not allowed to go to our conference championship game, and not allowed to go to the college football playoffs. 
I mean, it would be a huge story and the mm-hmm. NCAA would be under a huge spotlight. And then I'd say, fuck everybody. We, we're Missouri. We're always outsiders looking in. I'd say we flip everybody off and we pull a UCF and just claim a national championship and tell everybody to go fuck themselves. Tell the NCAA to go fuck <laughs> themselves. We're 12 and 0. Everybody threw at us. We beat. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's what I really want to happen because I don't think the NCAA is going to be fair with us. Well, I, I mean, the NCAA has given us no indication in any case, ours or others, that they're going to be, that you're going to use, you know, common sense. Yeah. You know, the sense God gave a goose. The, the fact that these two punishments, Mississippi States and Mizzou's, were inconsistent is the only thing that I would say is consistent about the NCAA. You, you should not be surprised that this happened. You would, should be surprised if anything else happened. No, that's true. So, Colin, why don't we take a break because this all NCAA talk always leaves a sour taste yes, in our mouths. But we've got something much cooler to talk about and something that skirts the NCAA altogether. Oh, wonderful. Colin and I had the opportunity to sit down in studio with Coach Kevin Reap, who is the first ever head coach for Mizzou's eSports program. And some of you may be saying, what the hell is an eSports program? We'll have all the answers for you. It's pretty fucking exciting. It's uh, not football related, but we think it's kind of the future. And I think a lot of the people who listen to this show are definitely going to find interesting what Mizzou is really leading the country yeah. in right now. That, it's it's a it's, it's a Mizzou is spearheading some things. It's a, yeah, they're in the vanguard of something we think is is, is going to be special. So uh, Coach Reap came into the studio to talk to us about what the esports program is, how it came about, and what to expect in our first season of uh, Mizzou esports having a scholarship competitive video gaming program, which is fucking crazy. Enjoy that. We'll have it after the break. This is the Mazadcast. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Seems like it was only yesterday. <laughs> Vaguely. Do you want to increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bedroom? I know that I do. Need anything I can get. I do not have a large penis. No, it's sad. We share the same genetics. We've been shortchanged. Yeah, it was not. Well, fair. I've got news for you and I, Brennan, and for all of our listeners. Good news. I hope and that so. is BlueChew.com. That's right, BlueChew.com. Mmm, sounds like dog medicine. It's not dog medicine. It's dong pills. So what you're saying is we're now one of those podcasts sponsored by dong pills. You better believe it. Great, I guess. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with an FDA approved. This is not pseudoscience bullshit. My dick will be the judge of that. <laughs> Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. So if you conceivably want to drive a 16-pinning nail through a 2x4 with your cock, Blue Chew is for you. What if you want an erection so hard that a cat couldn't scratch it? Well, then Blue Chew is for you. What if you want your erection to be so hard it's like a diamond in an ice storm in Greenland? (laughs) Well, Blue Chew is for you. Fair enough. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work twice as fast as the other pills. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. <laughs> <laughs> I see what they did there, Blue yeah, Chew. Yeah. Well, what if you have no teeth, Colin? Well, <laughs> bad question, dickhead. <laughs> All right, so right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Armchair. Just pay five dollars shipping. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. That's right. Dong pills. <laughs> Dong pills. <laughs> 
So, Colin, usually we talk about football, but we have a very interesting guest in the studio right now. It's uh, related to sports, I guess, tangentially, but uh, he's here to tell us a little bit more about that. Coach of the new Mizzou e-sports program, which I'm, my first question is going to be, what the hell is that? <laughs> Kevin Reap is in studio with us. Hello, guys. How are we? Good, good. Again, back to my first question. What the hell is eSports? Absolutely, yeah. So video games, obviously been around for a very long time. Started turning into a more competitive thing over the last couple of decades, um, but over really the last 10 years, really ramped up. Uh, there's dozens of games that people take extremely seriously. So eSports is essentially just your everyday video game that people take to the next level competitively, and they compete against other teams and with a team. It's been... Uh, growing in the professional scene and is now starting to grow at the college level exponentially. So how does this start at Mizzou? So Mizzou, uh, over the last couple of years, um, has been looking for new ways that they can attract the next generation of college students. Uh, we looked at that really heavily last fall. And at the same time, eSports was starting to pick up steam in the, a lot of the smaller D3 schools and then also some private schools across the country that were seeing tremendous success. But there was no major school, especially in the SEC, that had uh, really dove into esports. Um, so Mizzou, we started looking at it uh, around August, September, October, what it would look like to bring a program on that would be supported at a pretty high level. And uh, we made our official announcement in December. And that was uh, one of the biggest news stories of 2018. It uh, went all across the country. And uh, it didn't take much longer after that before we realized that it was a pretty good idea, a good initiative for the university. Colin and I have talked a little bit about this because I think we're a little generation too old, I guess, to really have our heads wrapped around. But Colin's got kids who are well, and I, yeah. I, I, the truth is, is that when we were doing the Mazodcast, I told Brenda, I was like, man, we ought to just talk over playing video games. That's what my kids watch. Yeah, you course. know what I mean? Like, if we want to monetize this thing, if we want to make bank, let's do that. And Brenda's like, fuck video games. Right. <laughs> he didn't say it quite like that. But, yeah, of course. But because, but I'm more of a gamer than Brenda, certainly. But we are a generation uh, removed from that. But. I mean, if they wanted to see me do some super Mario. Mario Brothers, <laughs> right? Yep, Two or three, <laughs> you know. There's a spot. Uh, that's that's where my gaming ends. But Colin, it's a little bit more. Well, a little yeah. Bit. yeah, well, and plus having kids, I'm around it a lot more. But I just, you know, I just watched the guy win a million dollars playing Fortnite. Exactly right. And uh, I just, I hear people bemoan, you know, video games. A generate, you know, certainly not. I don't, but certainly people of my age and people a little older. And I was telling Brendan yesterday, it reminds me of people going, you know. In the early 1920s, being these automobiles are good, but it'll never replace me horse. <laughs> now, you know, with its brain that can go haywire and buck me off and break my goddamn neck. That's right. Keep your automobile. And that's what we, yeah, that's what we figured you guys <laughs> right. might be up against mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> with the uh, with the uh, esports. Well, the yeah, people I mean, that are like, I, I think don't about get the, it. When you think about the alumni who support sports, uh, and, and I guess this isn't really specifically athletics necessarily, but it's obviously a Mizzou program that is... I think older. what I'm getting at is older people don't realize what kind of fan base is there. Yeah, they like, don't understand sure. it. Yeah, right. and it's like yeah. the I mean, alumni aren't going to be like, what are we, are we, how do we support this? Yeah, how does video, what, is what does video games have to do with college? Exactly, <laughs> sure. I mean, I think if we tried to do this five years ago, we would have got a lot of backlash. Um, I have not seen very many negative comments, to be honest. I, I was expecting a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think every year that goes by, there's another person who gamed their entire life that has a kid that then starts looking at gaming a little differently. It can become something that uh, is more than just sitting, staring at a screen and wasting a whole bunch of time. Well, I think the best thing that I can say is that if you're going to convince old white guys that something is a good idea, 
being as it makes money sure. is a, is, is one of those ways. And nothing is more uh, profitable right now than gaming and, right. and that gaming. And uh, not just creating. From an inter- yeah, from an entertainment standpoint, it is exploding. Right. Well, the, the, the guy that did win the Fortnite tournament, he won uh, more money than Tiger Woods' payout for the Masters. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then <laughs> last go. year, the second most watched event in the world was the Overwatch uh, Championship, second to the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of eyes that are watching this. And you guys probably don't have a lot of friends that were hanging out together watching the Overwatch League. And that's because the people who were watching it are future college students. Mm-hmm. Uh and potentially people that would want to go to a So you don't even care about us watching exactly. Well, we would, we would love to have you guys in our fan base. Uh, it can only get bigger, but that's why I think uh, gaming is an incredible thing for Mizzou to get into because it's not, it's not going anywhere. It's just yeah. going to get bigger and bigger as more people Now the start NCAA would just let us make video games about college football. Right. We could play as the Tigers again. That would yeah, be great. We'll add that to the list of things we want from the NCAA. <laughs> well, that takes me. So usually I was going to say, I usually write down a bunch of questions to be prepared, but I am so genuinely curious about this topic and know so little. I feel like I didn't even need to prepare questions because I just have a lot. Like, for, you got into um, these video games people take seriously. What are the games that Mizzou Esports is playing, and why were those selected? I sure. Guess? Right. So there's dozens of games that we could have chosen. The three that we did choose are Overwatch, Rocket League, and League of Legends, which is easily three of the biggest games that you can play right now and have a tremendous amount of support from a professional level, um, from a broadcasting level, and then now hopefully from a college level as more and more schools get involved in this. Uh, the games that we chose, we actually have 21 students that are all attending Mizzou uh, that receive some form of scholarship and they focus on those games. Uh, so we have uh, nine students that focus on Overwatch, four that focus on uh, Rocket League and the rest are, are League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, those games are, they're very different from each other so that we have uh, a pretty wide range of uh, fan bases and, and student involvement in that regard. But actually this is our first week of official practice. Uh-huh. So it's pretty amazing to see all of this come together. We started recruiting uh, pretty much in December, last December. So it is recruiting, like it's competitive. Uh, Absolutely. This, are the scholarships esports scholarships or are they academic scholarships? A little bit of both. So we actually have uh, our Overwatch and Rocket League teams are receiving room and board scholarships. Mm-hmm. So they're living on campus. And then our League of Legends team, uh, because of an incredibly generous um, donation that we received to the program, the League of Legends team is also receiving academic scholarship as well, uh-huh. uh, which is incredible. So um, the players are supported from that level. And then now we've also developed a pretty impressive facility that came together within the last two weeks, which is amazing. And uh, last night, it was uh, the first night, actually, that we had all three teams practicing at one time. And we had uh, our League of Legends team was playing Boise State in a scrimmage. Uh, Overwatch was playing North Texas in a scrimmage. And then our Rocket League guys were breaking down uh, game film from the day before, <laughs> all at the same time in our facility. So it was you, pretty pretty special to watch all of that come together. You mentioned things that you would – the list of things you would want from the NCAA. Do you guys honestly want to be part of the NCAA? I mean, you, you're these kids are making money a lot of them before they even get to school because they have YouTube channels sure. or some other source of of in something seems that seems very far afield. Me and Brendan both have a mutual friend who went to uh, college on rodeo scholarship, which is the same way. These kids wow. make money, right? And so going to college, they don't want to go to college and rodeo mm-hmm. or in, or in this case play video games if they would have to give up that monetary income, right? just be part of the NCAA, which is a terrible organization that we all hate. Of course, of course. <laughs> right. We are actually a part of the National Association of Collegiate Esports. So mm-hmm. it's NACE is for sure. So you're getting your own. Exactly. And it, it is. There's a 
as of yesterday, there's 180 schools that are involved in NACE. Mizzou is as long the as you beat Kansas. That's they. That is on the. Short they probably list don't have much do. electricity. They don't, right. they don't. Do they have internet <laughs> yet in Kansas? I, last I heard, no. Internet has a pong team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do they have an esports? Is there? They're still playing Atari. Not, a, not at uh, not officially at Kansas. Yeah, that does not, not make yeah, that does not surprise me. They'll yeah. probably be the last one. You know, so. they're, they're, they're up to 16 bit at Sega Genesis. They're, they're working it out. They're going to yeah. get there, guys. They're going to yeah, get 2040. I think is, is their yeah. timeline right now. Maybe you guys could have like a Tyson's Punch Out tournament with Kansas, like it's just like a non-competitive show sure. to bring them along. Right. Yeah. yeah just yeah. Uh, so NACE is what we're a part of, and uh, it is a governing body that is doing its best to uh, to set some of those rules and regulations because there are a lot of the NCAA as much as they would love to have a piece of esports because of the money that it will bring in and the eyes that it that it attracts um, i.e. old white guys exactly there is no way that uh, in esports is current uh, structure that any NCAA rule would would carry over very well to that. So NACE mm-hmm. stepped in. Uh, like I said, there's 180 schools. Mizzou is the largest right now, but that will likely change literally in the, probably the next two weeks as mm-hmm. more schools get on board. There's a lot of eyes on Mizzou right now mm-hmm. at the SEC, Big 12, Pac-10 level that are trying to see. Are there any uh, other SEC schools currently with the eSports program? Not currently at a varsity level, but that will change very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, not officially at a varsity level. So um, those are some conversations that I have with other schools mm-hmm. to that are asking questions about how we did this, how we got this far, um, that are interested in doing it. Because, uh, like I said, it's been a massive success already, and we just got started. But mm-hmm. the last nine months, the publicity that we have had and the excitement that we've seen from students that are not even on the team, just students that are excited about gaming and esports and now have a team that they can support has been pretty special to watch. And I think other schools are going to want to get in, in on mm-hmm. that. Well, something Brendan mentioned to me that he's like, you can't imagine how many 22 year old millionaires are out there and what they want to might want to give money to does not maybe the college football program, but maybe exactly. the esports program. Exactly. And, uh, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's all just stuff I never really thought of. It makes complete sense. Right. Well, I never thought of it being varsity versus, I imagine the, how embarrassing it must be to be at one of those other SEC schools and just be like, I'm a junior varsity video gamer. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know where the rock star amount of tail you get mm-hmm. versus the JV gamer tail amount. That Huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> They're still playing Contra and JV. Yeah. You don't get to go to Overwatch <laughs> until you make varsity. <laughs> Almost every school has a club team. There's so many different ways that, no, I don't, I honestly don't believe that two colleges are doing esports the same way Mm -hmm. Uh, it really is the wild west right now and that will change over time but right now most schools have club teams students get together and they run this themselves um what some schools do is they slap a varsity logo a varsity tag on their club teams Mm -hmm. and say we have a scholarship or we we have a program Uh, Mm -hmm. and then other schools like mizzou we're kind of taking it to the next level treating it like an athletic program we're obviously not a part of mizzou athletics but that's so how does a kevin reap become the head coach of okay. a of a of the first collegiate yeah. what makes you major division one <laughs> esports team? Sure. How do you how are you qualified to do something that's never been done before? <laughs> right. Yeah. That was that was a top question in my interview. Uh, no, I had actually been at Mizzou for five years already. I did marketing for student affairs there, so I had some pretty good experience with just the university as a whole. Uh, I did some recruiting tools so I could talk mm-hmm. to parents and make them feel comfortable at sending their son or daughter to Mizzou. And then one day I was in a meeting and they said to share a fun fact about yourself. And I mentioned that I was pretty good at Overwatch. And there was a person in that meeting that was the person who was thinking about bringing yeah. the esports program along. And he has to speak with me after that meeting. And long story short, here I am. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how that started. So uh, you've got a you've got a uh, a building now full of collegiate athletes playing Overwatch and some other games. Do they do they relish in getting trying to kick their coach's ass at it? Uh, I've actually, I mean, I don't think anybody would. 
would bat an eye if if somebody's better. You know, Jonte Porter can dunk a ball better than Conzo Martin. You know, ultimately, right. but. That's my go-to example. So, right. Yeah. And they absolutely would. Uh, so I just don't give them that opportunity yet. <laughs> okay. um, I've actually, I've never gamed less in my life than I, than I, a lot of people think that's all I do right now, but I've never gamed less because of all of this. Um, I'm just probably not going to give them a chance to show me how good they are. <laughs> that's, that's wise. That's wise. <laughs> yeah. So what is the recruiting process like? Recruiting, uh, this first year was, was pretty, uh, unique in the sense that we sent out a press release that went across the country. I woke up the next morning and had some of the most impressive, uh, 18 year olds in my inbox that said they want to check out Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not going to happen in the future, but because Mizzou was Mizzou, first, yeah. we were, we were able to kind of attract a lot of incredible students to come here. Uh, we had students transfer from Kansas State. Mm-hmm. We've had students come here as freshmen from Washington, DC, uh, Oregon. Uh, for esports, which is an absolutely incredible. Yeah, you so you get a chance to play in the SEC at a Division One college. I mean, that's got to beat the shit out of whatever Division Three schools are doing this regularly. Exactly. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the for day, sure. I mean, yeah. And in, in the future, it will change. And recruiting is extremely unique in the sense as well that these students might stream on Twitch, but a lot of times, every time, they don't use their real names. Mm-hmm. So um, it, that's going to be a tricky part of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just figuring out who these people are, how old they are. Yeah. Um, do they actually want to go to college? There's a lot of students that uh, want to play video games, but maybe not want to. Exactly. And that's one of our, my biggest focuses is, is um, how do we use this program to motivate the students, uh, not only to be the best gamers that they can be, but can they use esports as a motivator in the classroom as well? Um, like I said, there's 180 programs that are in esports right now. There's not... Um, the academic hasn't been the biggest focus for a lot of these programs. Mm-hmm. So my goal is that any incoming freshman that started at Mizzou two weeks ago um, graduates in four years with a degree that they're interested in. And if they can also represent Mizzou on stage in esports tournaments at the same time, that's a massive win for us. I guess one question I have is obviously there's the scholarship money and the opportunity to receive a college degree. That is a big motivator for a kid to come here. But from a competitive standpoint, what is the benefit of participating in a college esports program as opposed to just doing your own thing in your mom's basement, I guess? Yeah. And a lot of people do that where they, they just game and they don't go to college. And honestly, the, the lifeline, uh, the lifetime of an athlete uh, in esports is not very long. You, you pretty much peak at your skill level in your early 20s, if that. And if you do go pro, you're going to maybe, if you're one of the best, make six figures. Obviously, there's the exceptions with the Fortnite person. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not a ton of money in this. So we're looking for students that are thinking a little more long-term, um, that are definitely extremely talented in these games, but also come to Mizzou and Really good athletes that are going to use really good gamers that are going to use their skills as a gamer to get in a degree, not the other way around. We're going to have to have sure. a conversation about this athlete versus gamer. I, I think don't that's know. a whole another podcast. I'm just going to call them athletes because okay. I've I seen like them it. play and it's impressive. It is yeah. impressive. The and communication. You, is- and I know there's going to be people listening to this and that roll their fucking eyes, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you what: play one of these games and then play it with somebody that's really good. Because I'm, I'm not a. I would not consider myself a gamer. I just simply do not have the time for it anymore. And it never was steep in it the way somewhere. But Star Wars Battlefront was oh, yeah. my game. Oh, yeah. And I played a lot of Star Wars Battlefront. And I there were guys in those, what do you call it, rooms, whatever, you know, You'd get those multiplayer games where 40 people are in there mm-hmm. and just get demolished. Right, and, over and over and over. And play over and over and over and just get get a couple dozen kills and being super stoked about that. That's my best kill total. And then the guy at the top of the kill toast got 175. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how Triple do you kill numbers. 175 people in a game that just lasted maybe 16 minutes total? I mean, it was just ungodly. And then you, you just watch some of these guys do it. I know I'm, I'm nerding out right now. He appreciates Brendan's gla- eyes are glazing over. But I'm just <laughs> I think like, the people listening to this right now care yeah. about this. I no, mean, that's right. I just, I'm just, I'm, it's hard to know what it is until you've had your 
to know what it is. It's just hard to know what it is until right. you've been in it. And so for people to sort of grouse or roll their eyes at it, you just understand how good these guys are at this game. Right. And, and what's amazing about these games, and they're all extremely unique, but you look at a game like Overwatch, there's 20 different heroes that you can play, and there's 29 different maps that you play on. Every hero does something different, and every map is different, and they're all randomized. So every single game is different. And the amount of communication that goes involved, there's six people that play. Mm-hmm. So the amount of communication required to have a plan and to do it and to make sure that everybody's sticking to that plan is one of the most incredible things to watch. To actually have a strategy to win. Right. And who talks and what they call out and what they do and who they focus and who they don't focus and where do they go. Do you all guys have to have like coded call signs and things like oh, that absolutely. just so your, oh, your competitors sure. don't know what's up? Right. Oh, there, there's, um, yeah, we, so for example, we scrimmed last night and, and that, uh, we don't stream those videos so that those, they're ours and, and, uh, we'll do our best to get footage from other teams so that we can see what they do and, and the strategies. <laughs> sort that they of espionage. Like, like I know this guy plays for this team and I, he was streaming last streaming night. And you kind of get, get a feel for what they do on a regular basis. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 So, so you mentioned that you all are, uh, having practices now. So which makes me think there is a season like in a sports season that people are familiar with. When is it? And if, somebody wanted to watch this happen, watch these games being played, how would somebody watch Mizzou eSports? We will focus more on broadcasting in the, in the very near future. Uh, when I say it's the Wild West in eSports, I mean it. It's, it's unbelievable. There's not. It's amazing to me the week that I was trying to figure out our schedule on a short term for the first month of September, Mizzou football announced their 2020 season. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous of that. I wish I could do that. Um, our Rocket League team, for example, the schedule has yet to be released. It mm-hmm. will be released, and they will have a season in the fall and the spring. All teams will. They'll play in the fall and the spring. There's not really an off season. Uh, so it is. Uh, there's a lot of gaming that goes on. A lot of uh, burnout is, is definitely something that we will focus on in a couple months to make sure that everybody's kind of on the right page and, and not playing too much. So there's not re- currently a way that... People can watch. We'll do our best to, to share what we're doing on Twitter. Yeah. Our Mizzou Esports Twitter is going to be uh, where we share a lot of our information. Mizzou well, Esports like, on Twitter. Do you Twitch. see eventually like having a YouTube channel or something where, where Mizzou people can watch their team? Right. Yeah. And then, for example, tonight our Rocket League team will be competing in a tournament, and we will, we'll tweet that link out. We won't be broadcasting it, but somebody will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we'll share that. So that will become more official as we move forward. We'll have a. We will on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Mizzou Esports. That is where people will be able okay. to watch what we're doing. And I mean, I think that's the, it's all evolving. I mean, we are early adopters. Mizzou exactly. is. Yeah, you guys are kind of set the set the tone. You guys are going right. to decide how this kind of works in a lot of ways. Exactly. It's going to be easier for the jerks that come later. I you know, know what I mean? I know. Paving the, the path. Idiot heads. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how big a how big a uh, nostalgia does does your team have for the movie Grandma's Boy? Is there a lot? Or is that just too, that's even too that might be old. Too, that might be too old. God, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I've, not, I've <laughs> well, not heard them talk. I've only, they've only been on campus for two weeks. But that's not true. You know, that's true. And they're super young too. <laughs> and I, I also would like to volunteer my services as the old guy. It's like, you ever need announcers? Sure. You know, there was dodgeball and there was, um, Cotton McKnight and, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Bateman played like the, right, right, so yeah. I need, I need a, I need like a 19 year old guy. Who actually knows what the fuck's going on? Then I'll just be the other guy. Mm-hmm. See how that plays out with them for That'd him. Be perfect. Yeah. I will. I will remember that. We should do that. that would be <laughs> well, we'll just we'll just do commentary over the play, and I think we give up highlights. I think it'd be great. We will do that, and that's that's another exciting part about this is broadcasting is going to be a huge aspect of yeah. everything that we're doing. And what will be my goal is that we work with journalism students because more and more we will see students come to Mizzou who want to get a broadcast degree and yeah. they want to go straight into esports, and that's what they're going to do. You won't need me. 
Right. We might not, but if we do, <laughs> if we do. <laughs> at least I respect your, I respect your honesty. <laughs> but you guys both have better voices, Brendan and you both have better voices for broadcasting yeah, than I well, do. But well, we've kept you for a long time, but I think there are going to be a lot of people listening to this that are interested. So give us your Twitter feed, give us any of your social media or anywhere. Yeah, like tell you people how to find the, you. The Twitch. Yeah, tw- Twitter's where we're doing most of what we're doing right now. So twitter.com slash Mizzou Esports and then twitch.tv slash Mizzou Esports and then uh, esports.missouri. Edu. That's our website. Awesome. Right. We'll have a lot of great content coming out soon. I'm Coach. just disappointed because I'm going to think of 27 more questions when we let him go. Yeah, well, we know where to find him. Coach, <laughs> I'll, come I'll come back. We'll talk about the national championships and stuff awesome. that we win. Awesome. And we'll do all that. Coach Kevin Reap, he's the first ever Mizzou esports coach. Who knows? Maybe there'll be like a statue next to Don Ferro of you one day. That's the plan. <laughs> that's, that's on my. That's on my list. <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, guys. when we were interviewing him that uh, you were very into this topic. This I'm is, nerding out. Yeah. You see high potential for this. Yeah. I mean, I just, I see what my kids watch. I see what all their friends watch. I mean, video games are the, uh, it, there's there's going to be endless amounts of money in it. Yeah. Universities are going to pick up on this very quickly because it's going to appeal. It's going to bring students in, which ultimately is what they're all looking to do. And I also like them. It's something that Missouri's out in front of. You know what I mean? It's nice to be the uh, leader in something like this. So hopefully we do well. Yeah. Something I forgot to ask him though is, did he, does he, you know, being as he's procuring all these, uh, video game wizards, uh, does he feel like he's worried at all these creating mass shooters? <laughs> <laughs> Some would Just say, an army of mass shooters. Really. Some would I mean, say there's that's... a direct correlation, a direct line. <laughs> I don't know that the science is going to back that up, but yeah, uh, yeah, I thought I'm you were going to make some uh, Fred Savage 1988 Wiz reference. No, no, I don't. Rem- I don't remember the Wiz well enough. I mean, in 1988, I was a pretty young sprout. <laughs> I know, but we like to make references. I know that we are love to make references. Way that are really old. old, and uh, <laughs> I don't like to make the, the. I don't want the you know the seventeen year old listening to this right now to know just exactly how old I am. That's know? true. Yeah, we're, I am your dad's age. We're twenty five. <laughs> That's right. I'm twenty four years old. Just out of college for a couple of years. Let's go play skateboards, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go inject some marijuana into our veins yeah intravenously is that how the kids do the marijuana yeah and do sex on our girls who are in our class <laughs> yeah exactly all that stuff kids Should eat we- butt now <laughs> <laughs> oh things have changed yeah anyways yeah i guess it's time to switch gears to football we're that. hip <laughs> super hip oh that's gonna be a drop kids Should- eat butt now <laughs> all right uh well we're recording this. It's getting late. It, <laughs> it is, sure is fourth quarter of the Florida-Miami game. I think enough of it has gone on that we can talk about this game, even though we don't know what the outcome yeah, is going to so be. Do you want to play the SEC around the horn? Yeah, go? let's do that. Let's go around the horn with the SEC. Should we fire up the fine pot, too, while we're at Please. it, like it's a whole real football yeah, season? Okay, sure. right, here we go. We, we, we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Woo! Jesus loves football. And flip Paul switch, Colin. All right.
Paul, you ready to do this? Yes, sir. All right. It's time to talk football. Florida, the only SEC team in action right now, losing to Miami by three points in the fourth quarter. In the swap. In no, not in the swamp. In Orlando, a neutral site oh, between. Weird. Uh, yeah, not. Yeah, no. I should know that. Yeah, well, just just say things that are wrong. <laughs> well, I'm only watching the game. <laughs> like a lot of Florida fans. Yeah, it's uh, it's in Orlando, which is in a dump of a stadium. I was there for Mizzou Citrus Bowl a few years back. Dump of a stadium in a terrible, terrible neighborhood. neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, enjoy that. Um, Miami has trouble tackling. I think if they had. Been able to wrap a few Florida players Ugh. up, they'd have a much bigger lead. Their tackling is atrocious. Uh, Florida's quarterback play. Not good either. Not great. Felipe Franks, just not the guy. I mean, I know everybody thinks Florida's good again because they won 10 games last year, but I'm sorry. We, we're the only people that remember they played that Missouri game and just were, Felipe Franks was being booed on the field by Florida fans in the swamp. This one actually was in the swamp, the yep, Missouri game. Yep. He won the next four games in a row, and so everybody's like, oh, no, he's fixed everything. But he hasn't. I mean, they may go on to win this game, but I look at Felipe Franks. He's a big kid. He's a talented kid. He's got bad hands, and he just makes bad decisions. Well, he may prove us all wrong, but um, right now he's the reason that I don't look at Florida as a serious contender. No. I mean, I, not, when I say contender, I mean for a, a college playoff spot. I mean, right. they're gonna they're probably going to finish – you know, second, third in the in the SEC East. I, I think they're going to have games. Eight, I think they're going to have about an eight win season. It's going to be a come down. There you go. I, I think Dan Mullen is a tough coach. He uh, obviously it's tough to watch him because he's neckless. He has no neck. Well, and he moves his head like a pigeon anytime yeah. he's talking. He's up well, it's and because down, he has around. no neck. And he's turning his head, he's turning back and yeah, forth. He's got the cousin Eddie you know look. How, about uh, you know how a deer turns its head to the side to see what's going on over there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because their heads are... Because their eyes are on both sides. sides of their head. Well, Dan Mellon's eyes are centralized, but he turns his head sideways when he talks both ways mm-hmm. um, for some reason, as if he's looking for a tiger in the Serengeti. Well, he was coaching this game against Miami like it was a bowl game, though, because he was pulling out the fake punts, which worked. He was pulling... He went, I, like I said earlier in the show, he's... Uh, three for three on fourth down attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he had a lot of faith, I guess, in his offense on short yardage situations. Yeah, but uh, he was he was not being conservative. In That's one of those coaching. things you can get from a scouting report, though. If you know you have got the more beef on the offensive line, you know, what I mean, like. There, that's something you can go into a game going, "Hey guys, we're if we're if we're fourth and short, we're going to go for it." Because I don't agree. We can we can push the pile against this, and I'm not saying that's the case because I don't know what fucking Miami's got in the trenches, but I'm just saying those. A coach a lot of times will make that decision beforehand just based on personnel saying, you know, mm-hmm. we can get a yard against these guys if we need to. Yeah. And I think, you know, over time that is a smart move, even in, you know. I think statistics often will bear that out. Yeah. You know, there's that college guy, I can't remember who, uh, some little school in Arkansas basically made this thing where he never punted. Mm-hmm. And it worked out more than it didn't because he just run the numbers. And I think people are, coaches are too conservative. And there's certainly, you know, college football is not a place for change. Well, it's certainly a profession where people want to trust their gut. Mm-hmm. They want to, I don't know, have a feeling, yeah. sort of, so to speak. And so, Paul, um, who did you predict to win this game? Florida. Yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah, what do you think now? Um, Florida's behind late in the fourth quarter. I'm not predicting them to win. Yeah, that's wise now. You're not yeah. backing up your pick. No, I mean, he's a he's a, a very uh, very sophisticated computer, Brennan. He's not going to – he knows the score. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, this is the, the the big game of the weekend, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the only games going on, and uh, you know it's on ESPN, the big one. And so we'll see. I mean, 
it'll be interesting if Florida is down 0-1. Obviously, it's not going to affect their conference standings, but yeah. to be 0-1, that's just one. You know, if they're trying to replicate that 10-win season, they kind of need this one. Well, I think uh, hopes are very high in Gainesville because of the 10-win season. If you uh, you know read the blog stuff around them, you know they they're expecting to give Georgia a run for their money, and I think that's probably asinine. But a, a going zero and one right out of the gate would probably go a long way to shitting that in the foot. Florida just scored a touchdown. They're up twenty four twenty now. So uh, so then let's just again erase all that stuff we said and be like Florida's really doing well this year. Yep. They're going to be one and zero, uh, and you know I think that uh, just as we predicted, they're on their way to a Big Ten win season. Well, I honestly would have predicted Florida to win this game just because I think they're probably better. Better than Miami, but yeah, and I think Miami's kind of in a weird spot. Mark Rick retiring kind of mm-hmm. out of nowhere, and getting yeah. this new coach. But uh, I don't yeah. follow Miami. Yeah, I, you know, big win for Florida here might catapult them into something special. Yeah, um, I hope not. A lot of time left. There's still seven minutes in the game. We'll see. It's back and forth. Whatever it is. Well, the way they've Florida's, been on the ball yeah, and Florida's, tackling, who knows what's going to happen. Florida is not heads and tails better than Miami. No, That's what we've learned not. right yeah. now. So, Anyway, why don't we get off of that? Because it's the only yeah. game going on, and we don't know what's going to fucking happen. As far as going around the horn, that was uh, pretty limp. We can look ahead to next weekend, Colin, I suppose, uh, even though not much is going on this weekend. Everybody's playing trash bags, I assume. It's a lot of trash bag stuff. Let's go through it. Uh, Texas A&M, starting the season at number 12, will be playing Texas State in Kyle Field. Uh, Kentucky is going to be going up against Toledo at home. Ole Miss is playing Memphis at the Liberty Bowl Stadium. That could be an interesting one for Ole Miss. They're looking to be bowl eligible once again now that they can be. And I and think they're going to be hot garbage. Hot garbage. Well, we'll see. Memphis is was not that impressive last year. Mississippi State, Louisiana, that's going to be in uh, New Orleans. Alabama is playing Duke. I hope they can hold on. Yeah. South Carolina is playing North Carolina. North Carolina surprised a few people the last couple of years. Yep. That would ruin South Carolina's start out of the gate if they were to lose that one. Tennessee playing Georgia State. Arkansas playing Portland State. Georgia playing Vanderbilt for the only uh, SEC conference game that I've seen so far. Bloodbath. Yeah. Um, sorry, Vandy. Get that out of the way early is the way mm-hmm. I look at it. Yep. Start season 0-1. LSU <laughs> plays Georgia Southern. Now, Auburn, number 16, will be playing number 11, Oregon. That is going to be the matchup of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, that, what do you think about that? What do you think of Oregon? Well, people like Oregon. I mean, I've heard them talk about them being a potential. The conference is trash. The conference is trash, but it also means that they've got an easier road mm-hmm. to the college football playoff as no, well. for sure. So um, I think this will be. They may not play another team like as good as Auburn on their schedule. No, but I mean, I think if Oregon plays for real against Auburn, it will be a way of saying, hey, the Pac-12 has an actual contender this year. I mean, the truth of the matter is um, teams get up to play the SEC. If you're Oregon and you want to make a case to be in that football playoff at the end of the year, beating beating Auburn right out of the shoot would be a pretty good thing to do. Yeah, that'd be a feather in the cap. Mm-hmm. So that'll be one to watch. And then, of course, uh, Wyoming versus Missouri in Laramie, yeah. seven thousand. The big feet game of the week. The big game. I think a lot slightly of slightly larger than Miami. Florida, yeah, I think. Well, that's why it's on CBS Sports Network in deep fucking cable. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I have that. I think mm-hmm. it's a six thirty start. Oh. Central time. So tune in, folks. Oh, an evening game. Yeah. I don't know that I have that. Maybe I do. I'll figure out a fucking way. That's for damn sure. Well, you better because we're going to have to podcast directly after it. Good point. That's the schedule for next week. I mean, there's not, I guess, do you think Auburn can beat Oregon? That's the only real question we have. Honestly, Auburn scares me. They they, they don't seem to know who their quarterback is. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't, and I don't know anything about Oregon. I'm going to pick Oregon just because I think Auburn is trash uh, this year, and uh, I think uh, Gus Malzahn loses his job. I don't agree. Paul, you're probably right. I'd, Auburn. I'm probably wrong. Auburn. Yeah. All right. Let's get it. Let's, let's close up the horn. Because we got one last thing to talk about before we put this one to bed. One last bit of business. Real business. It's time, once again, for Kansas News. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day, Colin. Kansas man sentenced for pretending to be an FBI agent. Hmm. So against the law. I, yeah, to impersonate a police. Yeah, in a lot of states it is. I used I do that to uh, meet women. <laughs> pretend to be FBI agent or just well, to pull them over. Sheriff. Yeah, I pull them over and pretend I'm a cop. You know, yeah, it's always good to start relationships with a lie, especially when you're married. A <laughs> 36 uh, year old Southern Kansas man who pretended to be an FBI agent to get out of a traffic ticket has been sentenced to a year of probation. U.S. Well, attorney it was worth it ultimately. Yeah, U.S. Attorney Stephen McAllister, because you know our friend Tom Beale retired. Yeah, or at least he left Kansas. God love him. Said that Jared Andra of Milan, Kansas, must also pay a thousand dollar fine. Oof, steep. He had previously pleaded guilty to impersonating an agent. Uh, Andrew was stopped for speeding in Sumner County in 2018. In his plea, he admitted that he claimed to be a special agent with the FBI and presented Sumner County Sheriff's deputy with what appeared to be an FBI identification card with his photo. Hmm. The authority stated it was just a Kroger shopping card with the words FBI scrawled in human shit. <laughs> so they were able to piece that together. Yeah, that's weird. Sounds like he's making a habit of it. Yeah. Second time. Yeah, you'd think after the first time it didn't work, you probably shouldn't try it again. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's like, I'll use my own shit this time. <laughs> Judge says fired Kansas prison workers' argument is absurd. A judge has ruled that it is absurd for a fired Kansas prison dental instructor to attempt to have charges accusing him of non-consensual touching of female inmates dismissed on the grounds that state law barring such conduct only mentions consensual sex acts. Oh, so he's saying since it was not consensual, it was legal. Yes, that's what he's saying. Yeah. So uh, Shawnee County District Judge Cheryl Rios rejected the argument Friday and ordered Thomas Coe to stand trial on five charges of unlawful sexual relations with an inmate. Coe's attorney, Chris Joseph, said state law is ambiguous and Coe shouldn't be held accountable for the legislature's bad policy. Rios said that the absurd result would be for an adult who doesn't consent and is incarcerated, a correction officer or parole officer or anyone else could do whatever they want. That is a bold argument by that lawyer. Let's yeah. see how it works out for him, Cotton. <laughs> Go responded, damn right, then high-fived the bailiff. <laughs> Which I can't imagine was good for no. the case. Yeah, yeah. He probably shouldn't have done that. Way to, squ- way to squeeze your left titty, bro. <laughs> Up top. Kansas man arrested after responding to police's Facebook post attempting to locate him. A Manhattan, Kansas man who responded to Riley County Police Department's Facebook post attempting to locate him was arrested Tuesday afternoon. Riley County PD was attempting to locate Jesse Sexton, claiming they had a welfare check for him on July 25th when they put up a Facebook post asking for the public's help. Sexton responded to the post with multiple comments saying that he wasn't missing, he didn't want to talk to the police, and they could find him fishing at the lake if they wanted to talk. So the welfare check didn't trick him. He didn't come in for a welfare check, but he also communicated where he was to the police officer. He, he talked to them to say that he wasn't interested in talking to them. Riley County PD commented 
asking Sexton to contact him over the phone, which he did after saying he didn't want to. The attempted <laughs> welfare check then turned out to be a search for Sexton due to outstanding warrants. Mm, that's a pickle. You know what? If you have outstanding warrants, I can go out of my way not to, to contact the police on social media or any, any other way. Yeah, didn't work out for him. It's almost as if this, this gentleman's not, not, not too bright. Yeah. On Tuesday, the uh, Riley County PD reported that they received a tip of his whereabouts and arrested him in the area of Pillsbury Lake on Riley, in Riley County. He was fishing. He's a he's a he's a man of his he's, word. He's a criminal, but he's an honest criminal. That's right. The cops were lying about some welfare check. He said he'd be fishing, and by God, he was fishing. <laughs> Sexton's now being held in the Riley County Jail by the Kansas Department of Corrections on a felony warrant for probation violation with additional charges pending. Hmm. What are those additional charges? Did he uh, go over his limit on fish? Probably it was fish related. Doctors removed ten inch knife from teenager's brain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that strikes me as funny. Kansas teenager. That's oh, why. that's why. Yeah, that's that's the ticket. You're not a real human, Kansan. <laughs> the family of a 15 year old Kansas boy is breathing a sigh of relief after doctors were able to remove a 10 inch knife that was lodged in his brain. Eli Gregg was playing Saturday with the other kids when his mother heard him scream loudly outside their home in Bourbon County, Kansas. At first, she figured it was just part of horseplay. She quickly learned otherwise. Who had a 10-inch knife with a bunch of kids playing? Apparently, that's how they horse play in Kansas. <laughs> Good Lord. He came to the door, and when he <laughs> when it was opened, there was blood everywhere, and he had a piece of metal in his face. That was really shocking, Russell said. <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. That could, that could be shocking. <laughs> but it was not what they expected. Thought it was the pizza guy. Apparently, Eli was handling the knife when he fell, and it went through his face, becoming embedded in his skull. The tip of the blade stopped right at his carotid artery. It was instant. I was like, oh, my God, call 911. This is bad, Russell said. I'm not even sure exactly how it happened at this point, but, yeah, it was scary. Well, I'll tell you how it happened. You were fooling around with a knife, and then you let it, you how caught old, it with your face. How old was this kid? 15. So this 15-year-old kid had a 10-inch knife. Yeah. I guess that's not that. Why? This question. I don't know. I mean, you could take your 15-year-old. Your 15-year-old could conceivably maybe have a hunting knife a fillet well, knife or a fisher it's fishing? just the real thing that's surprising is he didn't shoot himself in the face with a gun it's Kansas <laughs> that's true that's true Eli was rushed by ambulance to a children's hospital but doctors there feared the precarious position of the knife next to the carotid artery and had put him at risk of a stroke or other serious damage he was then taken to the University of Kansas health system so the fucking ambulance took him basically to the wrong hospital like if it's bad shouldn't the EMTs know that it's bad and he shouldn't have to make two trips before they take well, a fucking they, knife they out of They said next to his carotid artery, I feel like the MT, EMTs could have known that. Maybe, I just feel like if it's so bad, maybe step it up to the big time Yeah, take right it to the big hospital if there's a knife in their face. I just instance. two ambulances. If I have a knife in my face, Colin. <laughs> take you to the good hospital. And I have two choices. Take two, two ambulance trips or one. I'm going to take the one. If that ever comes up, just yeah. keep that in your mind. Yeah. I'll also uh, pull the plug. Just in time, Dr. Koji Eversmall, who helped remove the knife. Yeah, okay, I'm going to tell somebody else because you're eager to pull the plug, even if it's like, <laughs> I'm getting my tonsils out. Pull yeah. the plug. He yeah. wants a power of attorney. Yeah. Uh, it could not. This sleep study, see if you have sleep apnea, is, oh, should only will take the knife. <laughs> pull the plug, Doc. <laughs> it could not have a pound more force on him and survive that event. Eversmall said the surgeons reported that they had to use a vice to grip it rather than their hands. The procedure was successful, and Eli is on the road to recovery. Eli says he has learned from the experience. His mom said that while being stabbed in the face made him briefly forget he lived in Kansas, it was only a short-term solution. (laughs) 
Kansas City Hall tries to hire a goose-chasing dog, learns its police dogs violated a leash law. The Wichita City Hall is considering renting a dog to chase geese from its golf courses, mm-hmm. seeking to reduce the amount of poop that players have to step in. Yeah, there's actually a golf course in uh, Jefferson City called uh, Oak Hills. Yeah. And it's often rough referred huff. to as, <laughs> well, rough huff. But it's also referred to as Goose Turd Hills <laughs> because there's just goose shit everywhere. Sure. So, uh, yeah, if you ever want to play a nice round of a golf on a public course, Goose, goose Turd Hills in Jefferson City, not bad. <laughs> yeah. They're uh, ball washers. They run out of dish soap all the time. It's, it's nasty. <laughs> Lots of goose shit. Uh, well, the thing about hiring a dog, as Kansas, Wichita, Kansas is trying to do, is I bet they can't get any to take the job. You know what I mean? The dogs turn down the work. Well, the problem is they've only got pit bulls in Kansas. Mm-hmm. That's you know, true. It's not a great dog for bird chasing. You know, they're trying, they're so busy chasing, like ripping the throats out of babies. <laughs> they don't have time for geese. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the search for the goose chasing dog exposed a never before noticed flaw in the city leash law and making Uh-oh. it actually illegal for the police to use dogs. And the fire department rescue dogs should, could not operate off leash. Do we have to really make a law about this fucking Wichita? Just let the cops and the firemen have do what they dogs. want with their fucking dogs. Who's going to arrest the cops for having their dog off a leash, by <laughs> yep, the way? I don't know. Citizens, Citizens arrest. fucking arrest? Yep. All right, Goose Turd Hills. <laughs> Hauptman said the lack of exception for the leash law in City Hall's own working dogs got noticed when he brought forth a proposal to lease a goose dog, which apparently is the name of the thing that they want. Uh, we get a lot of complaints about goose poop. What the dog does is chase the geese away from the golf course. Well, he probably had to explain that like 15 times to the Kansas citizens. You know, yeah. it's the most simple thing. Yeah. Dog chase goose, goose run way. And they're like, I'm still not getting it. Can you draw me a map? Yeah. Why are we hiring this dog? <laughs> uh, the Wichita Why are we city. making this dog mayor? We're not making him mayor. He's just going to chase the geese. We already dog tried mayor? the dog mayor. <laughs> it didn't work last time. If the council approves the change, Halman said he will seek bids for a contractor to provide bird dogging services. Bird dogging. He estimated it would cost between five to seven thousand dollars to pay a handler and lease a goose chasing dog for three to four months. It's good work if you can That's get what it. Me and in my d- buddies used to call chasing women was bird dogging. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we clever? Yeah, you didn't make five grand doing it. The geese. Get accustomed to knowing that there's a danger there and they don't come back. At least that's what we're hoping, said Houtman. So no science, no nothing to back it up. They're just yep. going to get a dog, let him loose, attack some fucking park goers. Yeah. Hopefully. Hope the geese he doesn't don't come interfere back. in the, you know, drowning women. Right. Uh, to see if they're witches. And the geese run off and they just hope that they don't come back. <laughs> yeah. But they're not gonna, worried about science. Wichita, you can make some money there as being a monorail salesman in Wichita, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Chasing will be monorail. done by fall so the city doesn't run afoul of federal laws that protect migratory bo- birds yeah. in mating and nesting seasons, Houtman said. And that's all the news Kansas is fit to print. I guess they're going to play football again. Did they give it up this year? No, they hired that Les Miles fellow. Remember, Ren? They're going to go oh, to the... They, they've now won a national championship, by the way. <laughs> That's right. They're claiming Les's national championship. He shoes on the grass in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. Kansas is going to be playing Indiana State next mm, week. So The uh, vaunted Indiana State potato eaters. Isn't that... Uh, is that Larry Bird's Randall's? Thing? No, he was Ball State. No, yeah. he was Indiana State. Well, oh, he was Indiana State. Yeah, that was old Larry Bird's squad. Oh. I should know what their mascot is. I think they're is. the fine Larry Birds, aren't they? They should be. We should no, Larry know. Bird played for Michigan State. No, that was fucking Magic Johnson. Oh, you're right. Idiot. Yeah, that's right. Indiana. The reason I know Larry Bird played for Indiana State is that no one fucking else ever played for Indiana State. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sure. We're talking a lot about Larry Bird and Indiana State. Yeah, for a football podcast. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, Kansas is going to lose to Indiana State. <laughs> to the fighting Larry Bird. So write that down. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's it for Kansas news. 
Colin, that's it for a Mazzotcast, I guess. Yeah, not much to say. Mizzou's playing Wyoming. Why don't we get a score update since we're on the old... Uh, yeah, because when the people will listen to this, they won't, they'll want to know the score. I just want to know which part to cut out. The part that said <laughs> where they're going to lose and they're terrible this year, or the part that they're going to win and they're really looking good this year. Minute 33, still hanging on to that 24-20 to 20 lead. Uh, Florida's going to be 1-0. They're really going strong this year. Ten wins, like I've been saying all along. Who's got the ball, does it say? Miami's got the ball. First and 10 on the Florida 21 with a minute and 20 to 30 to go. We should be watching this game. Not yeah, let's shut this thing down and find out who's going to win this game. And uh, you'll know whether what happened because we'll uh, edit out the part where we look stupid. Yeah, sure. All right. Colin, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Kitty butt now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.